Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Theme Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I have to be honest with you, my mind is elsewhere. We're just hours away. We're just hours away, as of recording, from seeing Frozen 2, Josh. Oh boy, yeah. I'm when, so excited. When you hear this, we'll have watched it. Yes, yes, we will, we will. But you'll have to wait until next week to find out our esteemed views. Yes. For now, you just you you just have to wait and hear what we think of Twenty One Bridges instead. Hi. Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. We're not actually going to talk about Twenty One Bridges, but I feel like we could probably get away with talking about Frozen Two on a yeah Frozen, theme park podcast. Frozen's important part of the theme park landscape going forward, right? So, it certainly yeah. is. It certainly is. I rewatched Frozen One today. Uh, as of recording just moments ago, really, I finished watching it. Yeah. Old credits on Frozen 1. Still pretty good. Walked over to the studio. I certainly did, with a spring in my step. Yeah. Just going, ay, 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 na, na, the whole time. It was great. I'm going to make that my text tone. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to Frozen 2. Uh, I, I did mention to you earlier, Josh, that you don't really appreciate how far animated films come in a short space of time until you go back and watch something from actually not that long ago. And notice that, in many ways, it looks somewhat dated. Uh, I, y- yeah. Don't get me wrong, Frozen looks good still, because it looked really good in 2013. Yeah, but it did. I think you compare it to something like Toy Story 4, or have you seen that trailer? I think it depends on the animation. I guess so. Because I feel like Toy Story 1 still holds up pretty well. Uh, In certain ways, yeah. In others, not so much, mm. uh, I find... Have you seen the trailer for the new Pixar film that's coming out next year called Soul? Yes. It looks so good. That looks real good. It, it looks so good. It looks so real. Oh, I cannot wait for that film. Yeah. Two two proper Pixar originals coming out next two, year. You've got out. that and you've got that other one, the fantasy film yes. with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt in it. Which yeah. I can't, is it Onward a, or something like that? Yeah, there's a van involved, right? There's a van involved. Yes. Scooby-Doo. Oh, no, that's a different film. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the origin story I'm still within 24 hours of even finding out that there's a Scooby-Doo origin story coming out yeah. and I don't know how I feel about that you haven't seen frankly. the trailer have you? no I haven't oh. I haven't seen it we'll have to watch that after this right I don't want to be in a prequel <laughs> um, <laughs> that actually was better than I was expecting when I started that impression oh, good job Tom yeah. anyway pat yourself on the back I, I will that was that was a pat on the yeah, back before we get that, any yeah. uh, questionable emails. There'll be no uh, sultry stories this week. I've not been back to Little India. Oh, <laughs> that is uh, such a shame. Consigned to uh, the distant past at this point. But somewhere, well, I haven't been. My mum and dad just got back from South Africa, Josh, and they brought back some chocolates that are apparently so terrible. I was asked to bring them to the podcast. Well, so for no actual reason other than that. We're going to eat a chocolate. <laughs> I'm going in. Uh-oh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's quite solid. I'm, I'm trying to work out what's in there. I probably shouldn't have gone all in one. It's a bit of a... I think it's quite good, though. Oh, that's intriguing. Bit of a bit of a nougat consistency, I would say. Very much so. Hmm. Hmm. It's like a lion bar. That's a cross section for you. 
Oh yeah, it's like a lion bar without the nuts in it. Um, it's got sort of a. There's some sort of. There is some sort of nut in here though. Hmm. Um. Anyway, this is great podcast material. Uh, I'm curious. aware of this. It's curious. I'm, I'm. This has got me curious. I'm quite like it. I like it as yeah. well. I'll bring the rest back next week. Yeah. <laughs> we can eat more chocolates while we talk about Frozen Two. <laughs> Crying into our chocolate wrappers. Who about doesn't want to hear emotion? that? Um, they're from the South African Woolworths, which still exists out there. For those of you who don't know, Woolworths was once a staple of the British high street. Yeah, pick a mix. Yeah, um, uh, CDs. But some years ago, at this point, went bust. However, still exists out in South Africa, and it's been described to me as kind of like. Their M&S. Now, if you don't know, M&S, <laughs> once a staple of the British high school, <laughs> now a it's only in shopping centres, really. It's basically a department store. It's not very good. Mm. The uh, pre- Pretty much the only people that buy the clothing are older Nans. generations. Yeah. Um, their suits are usually pretty good, but... They're okay. Yeah. I've brought a pair of suit trousers in there before, I think. I bought yeah. a wedding suit in there once. But um, yeah, I've become far more fashion fa- fashion conscious over the years, Josh, as we both know. Yes. So I've gr- I've moved on from yeah. Marks and Spencers. Oh well. And uh, now I'm quite picky about where I choose to dress myself. And Debenhams. <laughs> and if you don't know what Debenhams is, <laughs> once a staple of the British high street, <laughs> now on its last legs. Mm. I uh, um, I used to uh, used to go to House of Fraser for clothing as well. Uh, and if you don't know what House of Fraser is... Yeah, it's not from Game of Thrones. Uh, that is also once a, a staple, staple of the British High Street. <laughs> what is a staple of the British High Street these days? McDonald's, betting shops, charity shops, Like one CEX, of the last... I feel like one of the last bastions is boots. Secondhand electronic shop. Boots, opticians. Boots is still holding out, you know. Yeah. Does the, I mean, there's tons of them in London. Mm. Um, Basically, what we're trying to get across here, there is a point to this. If you find yourself, listeners, flying over from goodness knows where when the London Resort opens, when it comes to the surrounding area, set your expectations appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> There's not a lot going on. If you want some makeup or to put a bet on, yeah, jobs are good. Jobs are good. Anything else? Darth you're got you to, covered. You're gonna have to look elsewhere, unfortunately. <laughs> but hey ho. All, all I'll also say on this is that Epcot, yeah. <laughs> they're doing us a lot of favours with their representation <laughs> of Britain. It's it's not that yeah. nice. It's not that nice. Anyway, let's actually move on now, I think. A bit of a bumper news episode, Josh. Uh, IAPA 2019 has happened in Orlando. Got some pretty exciting roller coaster and ride news from Busch Garden, SeaWorld and Legoland. We've also had... I would imagine timed somewhat to IAPA because the eyes of the world or the eyes of the theme park industry are kind of on Orlando. Disney have made a couple of announcements about sure have. upcoming projects. Um, so we'll, we'll discuss those as well. But before we get to that, have you been watching more of the Imagineering story? On, I watched um, the, so I watched the first episode last week. Yeah. I've watched the second episode. Okay. Um, haven't on watched not Disney Plus. On Disney Minus. Definitely Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. How was episode two? Uh, and, and just to remind people, you were you were pretty into episode one. Yeah, uh, mm. definitely was. Uh, so 
the second episode kind of covers from um, Walt's death to the removal of uh, Walt's son-in-law as head of Disney. Right. Um, which was kind of a dark time for the Disney company. Mm. Uh, obviously, financially, they were struggling because of the amount of debt they were in from uh, Disney World. Mm. Um, the films weren't selling particularly well, uh, and they were making potentially erroneous purchases, um, and it all got blamed on Walt's son-in-law. Right. Uh, always the in-laws. Blame always. the in-laws. If an opportunity presents itself to blame someone for something that's gone wrong, yes. the in-laws. Yes. Always. Um, I can't remember if the next step is Michael Eisner or if he's later. I think he might be later. I think he's later. Um, what was he, sort of late 80s or maybe even he 90s? Was, he was 80s. Mm. Yeah. Uh, wait, was he? He was 90s for sure. He was, he, uh, he was definitely in charge of things when Animal Kingdom opened, he right? He came on just before Universal started building Universal in Orlando. Right, so maybe late 80s, but pro- maybe even early 90s. Because that was one of the things is... Because uh, they wanted to do a studio tour, mm. Universal, and at the time they were um, trying to woo Paramount. Ah, um, which we know is not easy. <laughs> no. Um, and at the time, Michael Eisner was head of Paramount, right, on the board of Paramount. So he was there... At this event of uh, Universal showing off, oh, this is the backlot studio tour that we're going to do, mm. blah, blah, blah. And he thought, and oh. he went, oh, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. Mm. <laughs> sure would be a shame if uh, if I went to Disney and stole all the ideas. Thomas Richard and did that too. Hmm. Yeah. And then, weirdly, uh, he went to Disney and then they built MGM. I'm sure it was just a coincidence. C- purely but... coincidental, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not unusual for. That's what Tom Jones said. Big executives to go between major companies and bring ideas from elsewhere with them that they happen to have seen no, absolutely. at their rivals. Um, I mean, I only found out this week, and this maybe it's just a, a sign that I'm maybe not in tune as I should be, but Scott Trowbridge, who was at Universal Creative, maybe his, his two yes. of his darling projects were Spider-Man and the Harry Potter <laughs> Forbidden Journey, yep. and he is the, the guy on Rise of the Resistance. So just to put that into some context, uh, that that makes it all the more exciting. Rise a la resistance. Yeah, <laughs> jumping between European nations there with our ridiculous accents. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to uh, the Imagineering huh, that's really story. Int- that is really interesting though, because oh. most of the Imagineers. So during that period of time, mm. uh, was when a lot of Imagineers got laid off because it's oh we've built Magic Kingdom at Disney World now. Uh, so even though there's like thousands of you we only need like 26 because mm. um, we can't afford all of you so we're going to lay you all off and of course the people there were a lot of people that I'm sure we've talked about this before the original Animal Kingdom plans that were going to have this sort of more fantastical realm within the park the Beastly Kingdom yeah. when that got scrapped they ended up jumping ship and going over to Universal and built the Lost Continent yeah uh, Islands of Adventure so yeah there's plenty of uh, crisscrossing when it comes to the you know the best of the best in the theme parks sort or of yeah, design absolutely. creative biz, um, and I think it, it's interesting because if like if Disney follows through with their plans, Universal doesn't have anywhere near as good of like uh, lands because mm. they stay with Disney because they got to do what they wanted to do yeah and didn't get laid off so it's yeah. an interesting idea it yeah. certainly is um, they talk about oh, the haunted mansion 
This is in episode two? Yes. Right. Um, and the construction of that, which is really cool, and going through the whole process of that. It's a really interesting story, actually, if you don't know it. Uh, obviously, I won't ruin the whole thing. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, it's really, really good. I like it. Cool. Um, would you sign... If you're a Thing Park fan, would you sign up to Disney Plus just to watch that? I mean, chances are, if you're a Thing Park fan, you're, you're into Disney generally, probably. Yeah. Um, um, would I... It's quite cheap. Like, I think Disney Plus is relatively cheap for what you get. I think it's pretty good value from what I can see. Um, and I think there is enough... If, if you were specifically only going to watch that show, probably wait until it's all out and then binge it. Oh, get the trial. Uh, well, wait until it's you, all out and get the yeah, trial and binge it. Because it's, it comes out, it's a weekly show. Mm. Disney is still doing that weekly thing. I must admit, part of me kind of likes that in, in a way. I mean, I, I get, I, I definitely see the binge appeal. And when I was at university and had sort of unlimited free time and whatnot, binging yeah. on on something on Netflix was a great way of killing a whole day. Whereas I must admit, there is something as I've got older, where the idea of kind of event television, I, I've kind of come back round on it, and the idea of not feeling like, oh, I've got 13 episodes to watch, but rather, oh, it's just an hour on a Sunday night and then yeah. it's done for a week. You've got I kind of to look like, forward to every week. Yeah, I kind of actually like that. So, I mean, I haven't... That, that's why I really need to start his Dark Materials before it's got too far along and all of a sudden it will be a binge for me, if that mm. makes sense. So I, I need to catch up on the first couple and then I'm hopefully up to date. There's three out so far. I think so, yeah. And then there's a War of the Worlds show starting oh, soon God, also yeah. on the BBC, which is meant to be really good. There's all of a sudden some really big budget dramas. The Crown, well, The Crown is not a good example of this. That is a binge thing. That's just come out. Um, the Mandalorian is on. End of the fucking world. Series a, two's out. There's a lot of good. Um, I have a list. Good TV a, at the moment. I have a backlog. Yeah, as we know. Well, Will any know. of it be as good as Frozen Two? I mean, it's doubtful, frankly. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. It's probably some quite a lot of it may well be better than Frozen Two. Right. I don't think Frozen Two is going to be. You don't think it's going to be the, the Toy Story 2 of Frozen? No. Or The Empire Strikes Back of Frozen? No. Arendelle Strikes Back? The Godfather 2 of Frozen. Oh, yes. Oh, actually, Frozen that'd be part, really good. Frozen Part 2. Mm. Actually, be, it'd be even better if in Frozen 1, you came to my house. <laughs> you came to my icy kingdom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, yes. Allow me to break the ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, so yes, um, IAPA. Before we do IAPA, let's do the Disney stuff as oh, we've kind of been on the topic Iapa. of. Uh, they have shown off a new entrance for Tomorrowland at Disney World. Sorry, Disneyland. Disneyland, California. See, I mean we. I mean specifically, yes. uh, which I'm I'm really happy to see Tomorrowland getting some TLC um, because it's probably still my favourite land, and certainly in Florida and. You know, it's become a little bit of a brand central, you know. Yeah. And so uh, the new entrance definitely, though, evokes, I think, the original vision for Tomorrowland, uh, which I'm happy about, you know. I think, you know, you can imagine a version of this where there's a new entrance to Tomorrowland and it's got, you know, Buzz Lightyear flying up above it and some yeah. some other Disney character you know also involved whereas this is just very vintage very retro uh, which uh, which is cool to see i think i think it's kind of um from the artwork it seems a bit like a hodgepodge oh you're not so, you're not so much of a fan 
well, the entrance seems um, kind of uh, uh, Magic Kingdom Tomorrowland. Hmm. Um, and then you, I feel like there's like elements in there that are kind of Jules Verne, so um, Discovery Land, right? Looking. I think yeah, I think there's a there's a lot going on there. I think there's a lot of different ideas from different um, future concepts. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know how well they all mesh. I think it's intriguing. I, I you know, it's just I wonder if they'll all mesh together. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's we're only at the concept art stage, and yes. things can change based on feedback. I mean, I don't know if you knew noticed that the Hollywood Studios new logo that recently. Uh, was slapped on the archway at the front of that park. I think the original version of it had some characters inside yeah. the the O's specifically, yep. like BB-8, I think Woody, Kermit maybe, uh, and, and they're not on it now. I think there was some backlash to that. Yeah. Which I assume um, had the desired impact. Yeah, well, so, that's on the that was for the archway to was it animation courtyard. I thought it was just at the front of the park. No, there's like now. another. Well, it is probably there, but uh, the new sign that everyone was talking about was the one that goes into this kind of rear area that I never go in because right. Um, I think that's where the Frozen show is. Mm. Um, and there's an archway there for no real reason. Um, and it's through there. It's that one there that right. people have been taking photos of. Um. Instantly, I think it, you know, the archway looks a bit like the Universal archway. Yeah. To an extent. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. My, Michael Eisner. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no word on when this will uh, come to fruition. No. But as I say, it, it may end up looking different when it actually becomes a reality. I'm just kind of pleased to see Tomorrowland getting some love. Uh, I think if we could have some similar attention paid to the Florida version. That would be nice. I must admit, I think aesthetically my favourite Tomorrowland is still Paris. Yeah, Discoveryland. Even though in some ways that is just as much of a a franchise hot pot as any other Tomorrowland because you've also got Star Wars stuff in there. Yes. But I still think in terms of the the buildings, the design overall. You've got two Star Wars. Two Star Wars, Buzz Lightyear. The Nautilus is there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that that is very Jules Verne, that whole yeah. place. I really like, like that. I, think I, it I awesome. like it a lot. Yeah, it's cool. And it's kind of timeless. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is, you know, it's kind of what you want from a Tomorrowland that's going to have to stand for 50 years. Mm. We were talking about Hollywood Studios there. On the topic of uh, that, uh, Walt Disney World stepping up the promotion for the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. As someone who's mm. going in April, and May, I'm really hoping that it's done. It's going to be tight, I think. I think uh, we were looking earlier because I reckon May it will get released. My get sister's released birthday fall within the trip. Oh, and we were looking at you know, how, how we can market potentially. And we were looking at we've always wanted to do Fantasmic, thought oh, this might be a good opportunity. Oh. There are Fantasmic dining plans. I love One Fantasmic. of the restaurants involved in the Fantasmic dining plan changes its menu based on the seasons. Brilliant. It's going to get relevant. And uh, the the spring menu uh, covers the period when we are there. Excellent. Runs till something like the 2nd of June. 
okay. so if that's what Disney considers spring, i.e., sort of late March to the very beginning of June. I guess it's, so it's technically be, spring. It's going to be yes. Uh, it's going to be tight. Yes. On whether or not, I mean, if this makes it for spring anyway, it has been delayed before. Of course, it was meant to be opening this year. It's uh, got to make spring now, right? You would think it makes spring, and if it does, hopefully it's early-ish. I think you might be on to something with May. Uh, Generally, when they say a, a unless, season, you know, it's the last month, full month of the season. Would they want it maybe for spring break, potentially? In it which case, they might get it for March. It would be useful for spring break. Yeah. And you want a little bit of lead time. Yeah. So it's not... So you can get some running before spring break happens. Mm, yeah, so you, I've got my fingers crossed for it. But anyway, I think you either you do definitely release it either. I keep saying release it. Um, open it. Open it early spring or late spring. Yeah, you don't. You know, it's not a mid spring release opening. Right. Uh, but they've put out a, a poster which is very evocative of you know, you know your classic Disney ride posters. I this reminds me. I of like the font treatment. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Yes. Yes, that's a very good shout. Oh, that's a good film. It's a great film. It's funny to look back on that, some of the films that came out of Disney, you know, very British films like that. Yeah. It's weird to think of those being Disney films. Yeah. Yeah. Armour. Yeah. But not Nazis. They're definitely not Nazis. No, definitely not Nazis. Yeah. 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 Um, Come on, Josh. Sorry. This looks like it's from the. uh, There's like an. You go over a waterfall scene. Yeah, so just to sort of talk about the design of the poster, which you can go and Yeah, we're find back yourselves. on Runaway Railway. By runaway Railway, yeah. Run, runaway Railway. Jesus. Can't speak. Uh, so it shows Mickey and Minnie swimming underwater uh, with the train uh, also driving it. underwater. Pluto is swimming after a Sebastian. Oh, no, picnic just basket crab. being stolen by a crab, um, as you do. And the carriages. Uh, and there are some octopuses playing are, the saxophone. Uh, are spinning around by the looks of things in the background. Yeah. Yeah, so you think the carriage is kind of split up and Yes, definitely definitely a trackless. Like a like a ratatouille. Like a ratatouille. Yeah. Yeah, that um, sounds cool. It sounds like it's really it's gonna be really if they pull it off, this could be amazing. Yeah. And and it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm going to MG Hollywood Studios and I'm obviously really excited for Galaxy's Edge. But this could, if it's open in time, could kind of sneak under the radar a little bit. As yeah. Hey, wait, this ride that no one was that hot on because everyone was sad about the great movie ride, and also is opening in the shadow of Galaxy's Edge, actually might end up being like legit, really good, like really good selling point for Hollywood Studios. So, uh, and of course, as is as is always said when you talk about this ride, first one ever that is kind of a Mickey Mouse ride. Yeah. Which is mad in a way, but uh, yeah, cool that the uh, the mouse that started it all is finally getting his due, Josh. Yeah, I guess well they've got to use him right, otherwise as part of their they changed the laws on that right purely so that Disney could keep hold of the character. I believe that's the case. Yeah, I believe that's the case. Which I don't know. I'm not that fussed about. Like a lot of people are up in arms about it, but right, Mickey Mouse is Disney, so you can't you can't really just have. Anyone draw, draw in Mickey, can you? It just feels wrong. I can draw a pretty good Mickey. Yeah, but not like you can't legally sell it. No, I guess not. Alas, for, for personal use, I'd only. be rolling in cash, drawing pictures of my Mickey. Anyway, personal use only, Tom. <laughs> yes, just as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
staying with Star Wars and Hollywood Studios, also Disneyland, because it's about Galaxy's Edge. Just a quick one, and it's an, an excuse to play this track, frankly. Uh, John Williams' bespoke Star Wars Galaxy's Edge tune, oh, yeah. which he composed, has been nominated at the Grammys. Best Instrumental Composition. What a nerd. Now, I'm not really a music guy, so I don't really know how Grammy nominations work. I'm kind You're of not a music guy, Tom. No. Never would have guessed. No, as much as I love Frozen, uh, I'm not I'm not a huge music guy, Josh. Oh. I'm not really a connoisseur. No. You know? I mean, I spent most of the time in Singapore walking around with uh, London Boy oh. playing in my, uh, in my ears. I can listen to the beginning of that song over and over again. Over and it? over, really? Yeah, just the Idris Elba part. Right. Yeah. We can go riding in uh, on my scooter. Yeah. So are you ex- excited for Cats? Because, of course, that has Idris Elba and Tay-Tay in it. No. Do you think they'll have an exchange? I guess. I don't... I, it looks bad. <laughs> it looks bad, right? I, well, I mean... Rebel it, Wilson's character looks bad. It looks, James Corden's character looks bad. It looks bad, but it looks bad in a way that I can kind of get behind. I need to see it, Josh. It looks like the kind of potential nightmare train wreck that I have to see with my own eyes. No? Are you I not mean, with me here? I, do, I mean, we don't have to pay for it, so... No, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm going to pay a little bit because I've got to see it in its full IMAX glory, Josh. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, you'll do well to find an IMAX screening of Cats because it comes out the day after Star Wars. So oh, is it? Every yeah, IMAX yeah. screen in the country will be. Uh, when, when is Star Wars? Is that the Star 12th? Wars is the nineteenth, and Cats is the twentieth huh. of December. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I will have to survive a couple days of Star Wars spoilers, so uh, I'm seeing it on the Saturday, which is the twenty-first. I, I haven't got it booked. Right. I mean, I I would happily see it on the nineteenth. I'm I'm off. It's the fam that uh, have let me down, and oh. it means I have to see it Saturday. But maybe uh, I think the nineteenth when I got my Christmas party. Maybe when we're off air, we can uh, try and organise uh, an earlier showing. Anyway, um, I've got my Christmas party on the nineteenth. So yeah, I can't. Um, so yeah, that John Williams tune is great. I am. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know the process of a theme park score ending up at a Grammy Awards. But um, I mean, I'm, if the song is released, I'm glad that the process. The song's is, on, is pro- there. on uh, Spotify, right? So if the song's on Spotify, then <laughs> is that is that it? If you're on Spotify, yeah, so Why haven't we been nominated you, for a Grammy? Because we're not music. We're a there's podcast. music at the start of this podcast every week, Josh. But and it's an original. So could we not put ourselves forward? No. Well, we should be able to. That's all I can say. Okay. We'd have at least one category on, like best jovial tune, Park Rush theme. And Park Rush email tune. Yes. I think both would be strong contenders. Yes. Mm. Mm. But hey ho, congratulations to John Williams. I don't think he's won many awards, so it'd be nice if he finally gets one. <laughs> um, Little known composer, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's do Iapa, Josh. Oh, uh, Iapa. Yes. Uh, you were there, of course. You had your press pass. Yes. Um, I wish. Yeah, you were. I dream. Yeah. Maybe one day. One day. Yeah. Look at uh, these guys in this. They're having a good time. Love it. In these pictures. Now, there's no Universal or Disney news out of this. I'm assuming Disney and Universal feel that they're kind of above this. Yeah. And can kind of, if they've got something to say, they can just say it when they like. Do what they want, don't they? And uh, people will, will pay attention. Obviously, we had Epic Universe getting announced when Universal damn well wanted to announce it. We had Sorry, Hagrid. You know, Epic Universe, Josh. You know, uh, Fantastic Worlds. No, the, the pretty good planets. 
Oh yeah, the great good, places. The cr- pretty good planets. Yeah, Universal's great places. <laughs> I'd go there. <laughs> I'm enticed. Isn't that Epcot? <laughs> um, but uh, Bush Gardens and SeaWorld are, have been there and have shown off the coaster cars for their upcoming uh, roller coasters for 2020. Yeah, obviously, you know they're both owned by SeaWorld Entertainment, so it's no coincidence that they will, you know, often release news about upcoming rides at both parks at the same time. It's weird that they're still using SeaWorld as the main brand for that. Yeah, you'd think you'd, there'd be a little bit of, uh, you know, well, damage to that yeah. to that particular brand. I guess, I'm not sure if they're allowed to use the Bush Gardens brand uh, for the overarching company. Well, no, because Bush still exists as a company, yeah, obviously. They, they're just licensing the name for the theme parks. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I, I miss the days of the brewery actually owning and running the, the show. <laughs> I, I thought that was good. Yeah. I liked it. The beer gardens were great with the horses. The horses were cool. Yeah. yeah. I always that, found it bizarre that there were horses. Like when I was like a lot younger, mm. I was like, why are the horses at SeaWorld? Like, well, they're on the booze. Why? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so Iron Guazi. So uh, this is the transformation of Guazi into a steel wooden hybrid. Yeah. Guazi's been shut for a few years now. Only the last what, maybe year or so that work has been really noticeable, uh, and it sounds really awesome. It's going to be the tallest hybrid roller coaster in North America, the fastest and steepest hybrid coaster in the world, with a height of 206 feet, a 91 degree drop, and a top speed of 76 miles an hour, with three inversions, 12 airtime hills, and a total track length of 4,075 feet. Yeah, those are some numbers, Josh. Obviously, it's being made by RMC, which does sound like a trade union, but it, it does. Uh, they're actually well known for making doing these steel conversions of woodies. Yeah, so uh, very looking forward to it a lot. Mm, very absolutely. Much so. uh, yeah, I, I mean, I loved OG Guazi even in its latter days when it was quite frankly uncomfortable. It was rough. I was yeah. still kind of I would do it anyway. And, and it as was... a tall man, uh, <laughs> it felt risky. Right. Fair enough. It felt like it was a yeah. bit close. It did feel like every time you went on it, every time it ran, another bolt got mm. like sprung out of the uh, of the of the structure yeah. of the track that was holding it all together. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was it was probably time for Guazi, but the fact that they're reviving it in this really awesome way, I think, is super cool. And I think it's due for spring again. I'm you know I've got my fingers crossed that. It might be ready for my next trip, but are you going to go to Bush Gardens? Well, as I said, it's my sister's birthday while we're there, and Bush is a favourite park, oh, so wow. I think she's probably going to ask that we go there, uh, even if it's just for the one day. She gets the choice on her birthday, does she? I think that's going to be the case. It makes, yeah, feels like it makes sense. Well, I guess, but I had a choice on my birthday, and I went to MGM. So, oh, okay, yeah. Well, how long ago was this? That was two thousand and eleven. Oh, okay. Oh, so that was pre-MGM being a dig site. That yes. Was, yeah. Okay, so that's that makes sense as yeah. a choice, I would say. Sort mm. of peak MGM was a pretty good time. Yeah. Was it still MGM then? Or was it Hollywood? No, it's Hollywood. It was Hollywood by then, yeah. was it? Got, right. I was 18. Had had uh, my birthday 18, 18 badge on. Oh, you did a vlog there, right? Yeah. Is that still available for the for the final people of the no. Park Rush listenership? That is for private use only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like my Mickey drawings. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, it's all on the same Pornhub channel. <laughs> uh, and then we've got a couple of rides for SeaWorld. First up, SeaWorld San Antonio, where Great Coasters International 
I'm building the Texas Stingray. This is the really weird roller coaster. It looks me. like Captain America's shield that's kind of been broken in half. It doesn't yeah. really look like a stingray to me, the front of this coaster. You've got the top of it that's blue, and I guess it's, it's relatively be... shaped like a stingray, but yeah, and it's... it's on like some sort of weird. And it's on a sort of little red plinth with a white star on it. Yeah. Which looks like, you know, Car- uh, Captain America's shield if, you know, the Hulk sat on it. So it is a bit weird. Looking. I guess that's from the Texas flag, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. Ergo, because then you got the red and the you got the blue and the white behind that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is also due for 2020. Uh, almost 3,400 foot long in terms of total track length, and uh, yeah, 55 miles per hour. It's a wooden coaster, and it'll be the largest of those in God. Texas. If you was doing 55 miles an hour on the A2, you'd be speeding. You certainly would, Josh. Then we've got Icebreaker at SeaWorld Orlando. Another different uh, manufacturer for this one. This is a weird which is looking, interesting. Uh, this one looks weird to me. Uh, Premier Rides. Uh, so this will be located around near Wild Arctic. which Everything's is Premier but the price. Still going strong, Wild Arctic. Hats and t-shirts, not pop rock gear. <laughs> SeaWorld's recent coaster output has been really strong, I think. Manta, oh, 100%. I... Manta is actually almost 10 years old, actually. It might even... Yeah. I think that might be an 09. I can't remember quite, but it's getting on for a decade, and that is... Time flies, is all I can say, but I still think it's a, arguably the best roller coaster in Orlando. Uh, disclaimer, I haven't done Hagrid. Uh, Same. M- what was the other one? Uh, Mako is is good fun as well. I think Kraken holds up quite quite strongly too. So there's Certainly a good now they've got lineup. Rid of the VR. Uh, yes, definitely. There's a good lineup of coasters at SeaWorld already. Uh, as for Icebreaker, it's going to feature four launches, including backwards. Uh, this looks awesome. This ride will culminate in a reverse launch into the steepest beyond vertical drop in Florida at 93 feet tall spike. At 100 degrees. This looks cool, this ride. Yeah. Uh, but you think the coaster car itself looks a bit weird? Yeah, just I think it's, it's a weird... It's quite pointed. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I, I guess it's a similar sort of... Uh, to Stealth at uh, Foot Park. Right. Um, has these relatively similar seats. Mm. Uh, so I guess... I don't know. That might be... Um, I don't know if Stealth is a uh, premier... Uh, Premier Rides. Premier Rides. Well, while you look that up, I must say, I don't know if there... I don't know yet if SeaWorld have actually talked about it. I certainly don't know if there is, you know, for lack of a better term, what the story is for Icebreaker, because obviously, you know, Manta is all about... You're meant to be a, emulate the feeling of a manta ray, and that's, yes. you know, hammered home uh, during the queue. Sorry, uh, Stealth is an Intamin. Intamin. My bad. Uh, Mako is the same with the Mako shark, uh, in terms of the way it's apparently meant to dive after its prey. Yeah. What exactly Icebreaker is meant to be, I don't know. Is it just sort of... It's like a... It's meant to emulate your chat up line at the bar. Oh. Yeah. So well, for I mean, me, it's I think just the, all over the place, and eventually it just crashes. The, the <laughs> drop is kind of like you're dropping... Something to break, like literally to break the ice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Fair. That's what I'm going to Why do we with. want to break ice, though? There's enough ice is already melting, um, Josh. I hope there are no lawyers listening, Josh. Um, that is purely uh, my opinion. Fair. Josh. And also, not what I think at all. <laughs> Next up, SeaWorld San Diego. Emperor. Oh, B&M. Theme to penguins, not Star Wars. Uh, this was originally announced as Mako. 
which was obviously is at SeaWorld Orlando. This will feature a 143-foot vertical drop, leading into a top speed of 60 miles an hour with multiple inversions, uh, including a barrel roll. Uh, and another different manufacturer. This time it's Bolliger, Bolliger and Mab- Mabillard. Mabillard, yeah, b uh, that, that seems to me like it should be said with an accent. Uh, they are... Bollier and Mabillard. Mabillard. I think they're German. Right, fair. It's not French. No. Okay. And then we've got another one from... Uh, sorry, no. This is another different manufacturer, Intamin, which yeah. you, you just said was behind Stealth. Stealth, yeah. And uh, I guess they, they were behind, uh, I think, Rita as well. Um, they're behind Pantheon at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, <sighs> which will be the fastest multi-launch coaster in America with a top speed of 72 miles an hour, it's got four launches, a 95 degree drop, a maximum height of 180 feet, two inversions, and a spike track leading into a backward section. It'll be a two minute ride, two 20 person trains on track at a time. Uh, and the four launches will be at speeds of 36, 50, and 67 miles an hour. The fourth one, the backwards one, will be 61 miles an hour. It's quite fast, Josh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, sounds good. You have to oh, go to Williamsburg, though. Uh, yeah, I've done that already. I right. don't know. Would you go back? Not for Williamsburg itself, but the surrounding areas are very nice. Fair. Yeah. Okay. What have you got against Williamsburg? Uh, it just seemed a bit dead. You go, You can go to, is it Jamestown? The original, like, settlement. Yeah, they, they have, like, the original settlement set up that you can go to. Right. Um, which is quite cool. Um, we went for a whole thing. My dad lost his wallet. Oh, it was madness. Madness. Absolute chaos. I ordered Pizza Hut. Um, <laughs> right. Those are the two the two stages of madness. Yeah. You lost your wallet and ordered Pizza Hut. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Okay. Different order. like Opposite order, but, uh, you know. Oh, they got the order wrong? No. It, I ordered Pizza Hut, and then later on, my dad lost his wallet. Oh, but, okay. I got me. I got yeah. you. Uh, Bush Gardens staying. Williamsburg, is a, I really like that park. Is it as good as Florida? I so I mean, you prefer Griffin to Sheikra, correct? Well, yeah, I, it's more of a, it's taller by a by a, a smidge, five feet, five feet, about your height, Tom. Right, great. Okay, so <laughs> put me on top of Sheikra, and you've got Griffin. Yeah, great, brilliant. Uh, yeah, but I, the I, I would stand up. Would you stand on top of Sheikra uh, as a job? Just, just as a to, job, just to add the necessary height required for it to be taller than Griffin. Uh, do I get and to, just shout at people at the top? Do I get to have a? You better hold on. Those seat belts don't look particularly stable. Am I uh, strapped onto the railings? Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll do it then. Cool. We'll give him a ring. Yeah. We'll try and get you a job. That would yeah. be great YouTube just, content. Just be. Uh, I mean, it'd be like Oblivion, which you haven't been on. But I don't know if they still do it. But they used to say. You used to strap people to the top. You used to stop, at, like, go really slow at the top, and the voice would come over and go, don't look down. That sounds... Drop into oblivion. Cool. Yeah. Maybe unnecessary. Not... Did it add anything to the experience? It's like the shortest ride I've ever been on, so yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Fair. Okay. Well, sticking with IAPA, but moving on to some more family-friendly oh, uh, news. Legoland. Uh, oh, we talked about Legoland New York a few weeks ago, because it's coming. It's not open yet. But it's coming. And they've announced a new ride. The Lego Factory Adventure. Which will open with the park on July 4th next year. And then the year after that, they're opening up the Lego Store Adventure. Woohoo! Where you get to queue for four hours. Uh, so it's going to feature 
Hollow Track technology, which will allow riders to view themselves transformed into a Lego. What does Hollow Track mean? It means track that's hollow, right? Like all track. Uh, is well, all, no, no track. Track is not hollow, right? I thought that was why. That's how Cumber at Bush Gardens. That's why Cumber has that quite distinctive roar. Is because the track is hollow. Uh, so they usually fill the track with sand. Yeah. To make them not hollow, but. Uh, binders like originally they are hollow and then well yeah depending on the noise limitations they put sand in them right okay I think Kumba has or none water I think it's on so it has that raw effect that's quite cool yeah I don't know if this is going to be at all similar to uh, the tech on Haunted Mansion where you see the where you have the the, the ghost yeah um, and they move the, your head hitchhiking ghost yeah I don't know if it'll it's all similar to that. It could be. They're pitching this seemingly as something a little more advanced than that. Yeah, you'd um, have to, right? The technology... It's uh, like a Snapchat filter. Uh, yeah. Uh, the technology company behind it previously worked on uh, Toy Story Midway Mania. So, oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not my realm of expertise, Legoland, I have to say, but July 4th, 2024... Legoland New York, and uh, this ride will be ready for opening day. The, um, I'm assuming, so I'm watching this video, are they going to unveil what's under that? Or, oh, there it is. Uh, this it is look, on... It looks massive like under the, but it's not actually that big. This is on Theme Park Insider. They've got a video of the ride vehicle being unveiled, which looks kind of like Spider-Man, honestly. Like a smaller version. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, yeah, the tech looks, you know, it's novel. I'm sure the kids will like so, it. You kind of wave at the screen and you are Nick Frost on the screen as a Lego guy and, and he waves as well. I wonder why they got uh, Nick Frost to do the... Uh... So, I know, right? It's impressive. Yeah. Where's Simon Pegg? Yeah. Uh... Well, I think that's all the news of significance for my Apple, to be honest. There were some award nominations that were announced, the annual Thea Awards. My favourite ride from uh, I iAppa... I want to go into that, to be honest. Isn't at any of the theme parks. Explain. It was the one that I tweeted to you during the week. Oh yeah, that, that looked absolutely horrifying. That looks awesome. So um, I watched the Tim Tracker on YouTube, who's mm-hmm. a vlogger, um, and he gets a press pass because right. he lives in Florida to go to IAPA, and he went on it. He was facing backwards, right? Uh, and when it went off, he was he was like, "Oh my god! <laughs> oh god!" So. For people who haven't seen it and want to find it, you would recommend just going to the Tim Tracker channel on YouTube. Yeah, that'd be the best an, place to see it. He has an iAppa video; it's really cool. Right, cool. He goes okay. he goes around all of the rides, um, goes on some of the rides that are there that are available to go on. Uh, he stands around for the presentation of the announcement of Icebreaker. It'll be us one day, as we said, one day, Josh. I'd just like to meet Tim and Jen, to be honest. Oh, really? His wife. Partner. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, they'll be here for the London Resort opening, so uh, make sure you're well, there yeah. too. I mean, I'll I'm send sure them an invite if they're, if they're not already coming. I'm sure you'll see them. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's anyone will be at the London Resort opening, Josh. Yes. So I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll get press passes. Absolutely. Um, okay, that will do it. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can email us, podcast at parkrush.com. We're on Instagram at parkrushpodcast. You can find us uh, in all the usual podcasting places if you'd like to subscribe. And you can review the show on iTunes. That helps us out. Every episode is also available 
as well as handy playlists at parkrush.com. Until next week, take it easy. We're off to see Frozen 2. Goodbye. Goodbye.